Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's hot out there, but it's nice. Uh, It's not that heat that we had a couple weeks ago that felt like you were living in Houston. Let's start off and be positive. Knowledge speaks, but wisdom listens. Jimi Hendrix. Behold the turtle. He makes progress only when he sticks his neck out. <laughs> uh, that's for you with, who are just buying CDs at this point. It is the working man who is the happy man. It is the idle man who is the miserable man. I uh, wish the Democratic Party would <laughs> look at that a little bit more. Okay, so anyway, uh, we always refer to our webpage. And, uh, you know, by the way, if, if you want to get to our webpage and you don't want to go through, you know, Google, and, you, you know, if you do Google, it's just Tim Hayes Radio and I show up. But you can also go through WHK's website. And so if you go to WHK 1420 AM and hit uh, blogs and you go down, I think it's podcasts, I'm sorry, podcasts, uh, local podcasts is what it is. And it goes all the way down to Tim Hayes. And then it, once you get there, it has a link to my webpage. So you can not only listen, to, you know, just in case you can't sleep at night or something like that. Uh, you can listen to my webpage and, uh, or listen to my podcast. And then uh, you can also get to my webpage. So if you have any questions, you're, you're more than welcome to uh, uh, take advantage of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a couple, client, uh, couple comments uh, later today because uh, our, our head strategist made some comments that I thought were really really important for some of the lists that we talk about. And uh, this, the lists I talk about or have been talking about for some time now have been the dividend growth portfolio, which if you would have bought it uh, when I started talking about the, you know, and I started, I was really talking about the consumer staples. They're up on an average of 8%. Now I said they had three and a half, four 4% dividend ca- uh, yields in most cases. And a couple of them have raised their dividends since we last talked. Uh, that would be a nice return just for the year. You know, the market's pretty much flat as a pancake unless you're in the crazy NASDAQ stocks. And uh, I don't know how um, buying Netflix at uh, 280 times earnings uh, is not, you know, I mean, as a financial advisor, I can't do that for retirees. But anyway, uh, so it might be a good time to be taking a look at both the dividend growth list and the prime income list. And I'll explain in a minute or two. Uh, But we do have a lot of lists that you're welcome to. All you have to do is call in. Uh, but there's some other things I think you should know about. Uh, well, well, let's start out with the global best idea list and uh, global oil best idea list, global best idea list. Uh, so, you know, oil stocks have been doing quite well. And, you know, we, we talked about those last August on this show. Uh, they, they've done quite well since then. And uh, actually, uh, one of my clients pointed out one that uh, I really liked uh, uh, this this week, and we had just recommended it that that day and so uh, very interesting 
Anyway, uh, we ha- we do have some fact sheets that I think, you know, if you don't know what you're doing with Medicare uh, or Medicaid, we have the government health care fundamentals, which if you don't know what these are, you probably should. Uh, we had Medicare, ba- Medicare uh, basic facts, the key f- numbers, uh, some enrollment considerations, and also a woman's guide to health care and retirement. And had a lot of young ladies take care of uh, take advantage of that one in the last couple of weeks. We also have our one minute sentiment check on health care. And Lori Casalvini, our, our head uh, strategist, has overemphasized health care this week, which I think is fairly interesting. And then we have the Imagine 2025 portfolio. So we're looking out to 2025 and saying, okay, what will be the leaders? Be interesting to see how that does. Uh, on our small cap list and our guided all cap portfolio, I can't tell you how well that's doing. I mean, it's, it's really doing well. Uh, we do have a newsletter, so sign up for that. That comes out monthly. Uh, July's news- newsletter is uh, all about uh, some quick and important facts, uh, uh, like uh, quiz, a quiz for you. You know, see how smart you are, and then about going public. Uh, and it, it's it's quite uh, it, it's quite a good uh, scenario. I, I highly recommend it. So, just some things that we uh, we sh- we sh- wanted to talk about. You know, and we we talk about uh, well, let's let's make give you a couple facts just to ponder. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, California is the first state in the nation to require solar panels with new home construction beginning the year 2020. Uh, they voted back in May, uh, and it, it added an estimated uh, $9,500 to the cost of a new home. Solar power just generated 1.3% of the electricity, by the way, in, in the United States. And the reason is, is it's not very efficient, uh, simple, simple as that. An estimated 45% of the 176.1 million tax returns projected to be filed next year for the year 2018 will legally pay zero income tax. By the way, our income tax number was the highest tax amount we've ever paid this year, uh, even with the tax breaks. So uh, people are either making more money or something else is going on. And according to a study of a recruitment agency, 60%, 66% of workers identify sizable benefits and perk packages as the number one determining factor for what they want to do. All right. So, you know, we always talk about the process. So uh, we, we start big and we move small. Okay. So, uh, Look, successful active investors have a process, and if you don't, you should. I have a process, and I do. I do it every day, every week, every month. So, so uh, our head strategist Lori Casalvina, uh, I have a hard time with her name for some reason, made some changes, and she, she the first changes uh, she made three changes to her S and P five hundred recommendations. She upgraded large cap healthcare to overweight for market weight, and she's also. Uh, lifting large cap REITs. Now, this should be a, no surprise if you've been listening to the show for a while. We've been talking about that for a while. She did downgrade large cap industrials. Now, they have been underperforming, so uh, that's not a secret either. Uh, some calls that haven't changed. She still uh, remains overweight energy and financials. Financials didn't do too well uh, with the first start of earnings last week. And she's underweight staples and tech. Now, staples have been doing well, so uh, uh, tech is just, really overvalued at this point. Uh, remember, when any part of the S&P 500 gets over 25%, you got to worry. And and, the, and, the, and there's 27 uh, large cap uh, technology stocks that are in that case. So 
Um, the best thing I think you need to know is that, it, you know, she takes a bottom-up approach to our sector view. So uh, that's kind of interesting. But she she had three reasons for the upgrade in health care. Valuations look deeply attractive. Uh, health care analysts have been favoring the sector relative to other uh the other teams and the ETO f- uh, funds have stabilized. So they've been, they've been an outflow. Now there's a flat flow. So the next use uh, scenario is an upflow. Uh, and she, it's a large cap call. Uh, you see more, she's, we see more balance risk reward in small cap healthcare where valuations look uh, extended and uh, earnings qualify uh, quality has been deteriorating. So she doesn't like small cap more. She likes large cap uh, more than small cap and then reach, she really likes REITs, uh, and and the reason is is uh, the sector has got rid of a lot of its negatives. So uh, uh, we'll leave leave it at that. So, but with that, um, let's let's talk about a couple things. So, you know, people are riding earnings momentum almost to the point of uh, exhaustion, exhaustion, I should say, uh, if that's a word. Anyway, uh, people are are jumping on the bandwagons of of earnings momentum and uh, the question is how long will growth last look the quant funds which are a lot of the robo advisors use are just not doing well they're underperforming pretty drastically where last year that's all anybody talked about this year they're underperforming so now it's all momentum mojo okay so you got to be careful with the momentum stocks and some of these things are uh they're parabolic charts i mean i've seen four or five of them uh, that a lot of people riding and the problem is this, is the ETFs. There's 14 or 15 ETFs where there's been 100 to $200 billion put into these ETFs over the last two months, and they all have 14 of the same stocks in them. And, and they make up 65% of the ETF. So if those ETFs are sold because one of these things goes down, they're all going down. So it's going to be a look out below type of scenario. So you want to be careful, I think, with the big cap tech for now anyway. Um, look, I, I, I you know, don't have tunnel vision at this point. Uh, you know, U.S. companies are benefiting very generously from the tax cuts that have been implemented this year. So next year might be a tougher time. And uh, remember, financials kicked off the um, the the their earnings season with some good numbers. Anyway, uh, the money market percentile rate, and that's the, if you, if that is climbing, you want to get more careful. It pulled back quite a bit this week. Uh, it actually is encouraging for some fixed income investors. Uh, you know, it's as far as I'm concerned, but the, uh, what we call the money market percentile level has been moving lower as more uh, quality fixed income uh, tranches have been coming out. So people have been going to fixed income. I also wanted to remind everybody we have a great uh, a great piece that uh, we put out just recently uh, that is called the RoboClips Nye, and it's about uh, you know are the robots going to take over from everywhere? And the, the answer is uh, probably not, but it it does have you know the everything you need to know about uh, artificial intelligence or or uh, robots. So if you'd like that, just go to Tim Hayes. Uh, you know, Google Tim Hayes Radio and I show up and just hit the contact me or email me or call me, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. You know, Goldman Sachs, uh, David Costin's call, is most he's a very bullish on corporate profits. And he thinks, uh, by the way, he's not talking too much about uh, the big, uh, the 
some of the big, big names in technology, just one. But most of it, he's, he's saying that the outlook for the S&P, he's talking about 3,000. So I always try to give you not only ours, but uh, uh, some other people's. And one thing I will say about Lori Calcivini's uh, uh, call is that I look at the, the healthcare spider, and it definitely had a bullish breakout of a major base going back to uh, uh, February, and then uh, it, it's broken the downtrend line dating back, to, I think, three years, four years. So what's interesting is uh, if you look at small caps versus large caps, uh, you know, we te- our favorite sectors uh, by Dorsey Wright, this is dynamic asset level investing, our friends in Virginia, uh, is technology, financials, energy, industrials, and consumer cyclicals, then healthcare. Healthcare's been the biggest improvement, but if you look, and technology, small caps done best. Uh, if you look at uh, the energy sector, small caps done best. If you look at the industrial sector, small caps have done best. If you look at the consumer cyclical, uh, small caps have done best. If you look at healthcare, small caps have done best. Uh, if you look at basic materials, small caps have done best. Not consumer, non cyclical, same way. And utilities, the same way. The several utilities have done really, really well. What's very interesting is, I think, is that uh, biotechnology and healthcare have moved up the ladder. Their scores have improved the most if you're looking at it from a technical basis. Technology and internet are still number one, but healthcare and biotechnology are right behind it. Uh, so they're picking up in a big, big way. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. Financials have been lagging a little bit. They're getting to the point where they'll probably make a decision one way or another, but. Uh, uh, but small cap growth is definitely leading the way, and uh, small cap growth has actually uh, overtaken uh, the XLF on the on the upside. So that that's kind of uh, really interesting. All right, uh, hey, let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. She loves to sing. She does everything. AmeriCorps has an opportunity for people ages 18 and older to give back. As a member of Ohio Reading Corps, you'll receive high-quality training and then tutor elementary students in reading, serve 30 hours a week, and receive a monthly stipend, plus an education award that can be used towards student loan payments or higher education costs for you, your child, or grandchild. Learn more or apply at orck3.com, orck3.com, or call 216-901-4250. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, uh, we're back, and uh, look, I got a I got a call this week uh, from somebody who wanted to know about blockchain technology. And look, I'm going to say this again: I am not sure about some of this stuff as far as uh, you know. Is Ripple better than uh, Bitcoin and all that stuff? I don't think these. You know, I don't know what they're worth, but I can tell you that the concept of blockchain is very important to the financial business, and um, 
there, there's three concepts that I think you got to know about if, if you're going to mess with this stuff. And, and by the way, we have a list of all these names, that, you know, that the guys that supply the technology for blockchain. And look, uh, I, I want to date back a little bit. So let's go back to the gold rush. Uh, I will give a T-shirt to anybody who can name one miner from the California gold rush. One miner and, and who made it, made it big. But I can tell you, Ace Hardware, Levi Strauss, they're still in existence. That was 100 and almost 200 years ago. Okay. So you always look for the suppliers. Now, look, if you go back to the internet boom, uh, the internet boom went crazy. But, you know, we also had 197 internet stocks go belly up within four years of the crisis, the turndown. But, you know, the guys that supply it, uh, the only one I can remember that went, that went bad was Sycamore Systems. Uh, but that was a valuation scenario. And they still got taken out after they got creamed uh, for double what they were worth. So, you know, the suppliers are much smarter, I think, than buying the suppliers of, of blockchain technology is smarter than the actual buying of the, the, um, the uh, different currencies. But look, there's something called shrewd contact, uh, contact tracks. I'm sorry. And with more and more companies investing in blockchain technology, it's becoming vital for organizations to dig deeper into the concept of a smart contract. And smart contracts are getting traction fairly rapidly, by the way. And the term smart contract was first used by a computer scientist and a cryptographer named Nick Zabo uh, long before uh, Bitcoin was created, by the way. Uh, Here's the thing that makes savvy contracts so shrewd straightforwardness the, the smart contracts are straightforward in a way that makes a domain with a, with a data inside the agreement would be noticeable to every one of the members engaged simple as that and then there's something called exactness and that's in each and every condition defi- identified within the agreement must be coded as a savvy contract in a pc code uh if you don't know what that is you should probably you shouldn't be messing with this stuff and then smart contracts dispense with the required Acquirement for broad documentation and it, in its, in this way, uh, kind of, you know, quickening the speed of the exchange. Number two, you need an agreement. So you need a proof of work, proof of stake. And, uh, then three, you need permission. And, you know, blockchain, uh, can either be with consent or without authorization. So you, you gotta, you gotta have that going. So uh, I, I just stepped this through. This is a little late because most of these things have got killed, but. The technology is still there. So how does this work? Let's say a bank, Bank A wants to send money to Bank B. Uh, the transact, transaction is represented online as a block. The block is broadcast to every party in the network. And then uh, these, these, uh, those in the network approve the transaction as valid. Then the block can be added to the chain, which provides an incredible and transparent record of the transaction. And uh, the money moves from A to B. It's that simple. So, Look, blockchain technology potentially reduced uh, banks' infrastructure costs by about 30%. That's why it's important. Uh, banks using blockchain technology reported an annual savings of between 8 and $12 billion. I think it's soon going to get to the regional banks, by the way. And global blockchain market is expected to be $20 billion by 2024. This is not, we're not talking about, you know, Bitcoin or Ripple or any of this stuff. We're talking about the technology now. All right. So if you know who's providing this technology, 
you're going to make a lot of money, in my humble opinion. So, uh, and then finally, the the average investment blockchain uh, project in 2017 was a million dollars. This year, it's four million. Uh, Next year, you know, so these guys, you know, this is building up. All right, and 69% of the banks are are currently experimenting with uh, with permission blockchains, and so it's getting big. So, you know. Look, there was a, a quick run-up in the currencies, and uh, everybody knows about that. They've crashed 60 70%. There's, look, Mike Lee at uh, Fundstrat really likes him. I don't know if he's right or not. But I think the key is, is that uh, it's the technology that will be the key. All right? If you know who's playing the technology game, the guys who are supplying the blockchain technology – I think the long run will be big winners, big, big winners, because it's a, a, it's a lot easier than a wire and it's a lot safer than a wire. So if you're wiring funds to funds and you got blockchain, it's safer. So, uh, you know, yeah, let, let's talk about a few things. And uh, here's some of the things I've seen. It, it, the intermediate term uh, backdrop remains positive. Everybody's frightened to death, which is great. Look, the advanced decline line hit a new high last week. All right. The advanced decline line is usually the first thing to start to sell off if there's a big sell off coming. Uh, matter of fact, every sell off I've ever seen, the advanced decline line has started to make lower highs. We're at a new high. I don't see anything being a problem right at this point. Uh, weekly momentum indicators uh, that you know we follow. Uh, they bottomed uh, in Q2, and um, they're unlikely to peak probably, I think, till late summer. You know, maybe uh, what was the big surprise was the American Association of uh, Individual Investors bullish sentiment. It, it still remains low. As a matter of fact, it's, um, there was a negative 12, as we said last week, negative 12 number on that. So it reversed down, all right? So the number of bulls were, were up higher. They were 38%. They're now down 26%. So nobody's bullish. Man, there's not a better better situation for a long-term bull market than the world being negative. Believe me, I, 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 lasted, I started in, in the first bull market and everybody was negative. I mean, the 87 just emphasized it. You know, the, the crash of 87 just emphasized it. It turned out to be one of the greatest buying opportunities uh, in, in history. And everybody was negative. Everybody was scared. Nobody would put money back to work. Uh, and, and so that's very, very uh, important. But the the indices retested uh, some areas of resistance, uh, 20, 2,800 on the, uh, on the S&P 500 and sold right off right after that. So if it gets through there, that could be, uh, you know, good. But I think we're going to go sideways for a pretty long time. I mean, I don't know how long. I don't know if it's the end of the year or whatever. But we, we said that in February. We said it in March. We said in April. Uh, I just sent out a note. You know, so if you want to get on my email list. Uh, I just sent out a note to everybody on my email list with Bob Dickey's chart on it saying, you know, he's basically saying the same thing. So uh, great minds think alike. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, we are in the middle of another round of sector rotation. And right now, defensive st- uh, sectors, bond market proxies, uh, they, they're kind of peaking a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the the defensive staples are up 8% and they got 3% dividends. That's a pretty big move for them in, in a two month period. Uh, I mean, we started talking about them what, last week of May. Uh, cyclicals are oversold though. Uh, the question is, is Lori Cal- uh, Calcivini saying, you know, she's saying to underweight those. 
Uh, some of them, not all of them, but some of them look pretty good on the charts like they're turning, but I don't know. Financials and banks have been weak, and uh, even with great earnings, J.P. Morgan, uh, PNC Bank, they had great earnings, and they got beat up. Now, Wells Fargo kind of set the tone because they, their earnings were, they looked great, and then I, I dug into them a little bit more, and I wasn't satisfied. So uh, uh, we'll be seeing. Uh, utilities uh, look like they're turning. I think it'll be a slow turn, all right, because people are still worrying about interest rates going up. The industrials, um, man, they're very oversold. Some of the transports uh, are the same way, and um, and these are in long-term healthy uh, uptrends, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I looked at the uh, Russell 2000, and, uh, man, it's, it's, the small caps still look really good. And, uh, you know, everybody says, oh, they're overbought, they're overbought. Yeah, and, and I said they might correct, and they correct a little bit, and they still might correct a little bit. Who knows? But you got to remember, they haven't done anything for three years. They were actually down 8% uh, from 2005 to 2018. So, you know, so down, being down 6% compared to what the S&P 500 did last year is a big difference. I, I don't see uh, – people were asking me about bonds, and I said to buy bonds several times. I said, you buy yield when it's up, and we have not hit a new high on the yields yet. Uh, will we? I don't know. I, I don't have any real uh, – you know, I was looking at the chart, and I don't have any real – idea of the direction yet i mean we go up we go down i don't think we're gonna go up a lot and i don't think we're gonna go down a lot uh i mentioned a couple weeks ago that 80 is a major resistance area for oil but if we stay at 70 which we could for a while a lot of oil companies make a lot of money and people were trading them like they were going out of business like oil was going to zero uh i don't think so (laughs) uh you know, I, I, well, once again, I want to stress something. A lot of people have a lot of, you know, who asset allocate, quote unquote. And I'll just say this again. I think it was Warren Buffett said the greatest mistake that individual make uh, investors make time and time again is to allocate their assets away from a stock market that is in a structural bull, uh, you call it a stru- grand structural bull market. Okay. And so a lot of people, they're, Asset allocation people have told them to move to foreign markets. Well, you just got killed in both Latin America and China, uh, and Europe hasn't done much either. So you're probably down, you know, 15, 20% at this point. I think they're oversold, and I think that you could have a, a big move back up. So if I were you, I, I wouldn't s- sell out now. Don't, you know, one of the big problems with individual investors is they buy at highs and then sell out. In mutual funds, they average about 3% uh, return when the average mutual fund averages about 8% return because they buy high and sell low, uh, which is not the way to go. Um, the XL, uh, oh, I had one other one. Oh, the XOP, which is the expiration and production uh, ETF. I, I looked at all the names there, and some of the bigger names are looking pretty good. Uh, just remember, oil is late cycle leadership. Let me say it again. Late cycle leadership, expiration and, and uh, uh, production. I am not seeing oil service helping out. And, and somebody asked me about the semiconductor equipment companies. Uh, they're correcting, and, and I don't see any signs of them stopping their correction. Uh, so if I, if I know more, I will certainly let you know. But uh, like I said, if Lori Castellini is correct, um, and you know the healthcare group is going to do well and REITs are going to do well, the prime income list and the dividend growth list are lists that you should get right now. So... 
Google Tim Hayes Radio and hit the contact me. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Smart Investor Show. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit FDA.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. When posting on most job sites, you get candidates. I'm the sales director you're looking for. I'm the sales director you're looking for. But when you post on Indeed.com, you get the candidates just right for you. I'm a sales director with an MBA, over 10 years experience, who's also fluent in Japanese. With Indeed, you can add screener questions for a less time-consuming route to your short list of qualified candidates. Arigato. Hiring's better when you've got your short list. Save time on hiring when you post a job on Indeed. Get started today at Indeed.com slash hire. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And look, if you missed the first, you know, uh, 15 minutes of the show and you'd like to hear it, uh, on Monday around noon, uh, WHK uh, puts it on their webpage. And it's a local podcast. So you just go to local podcast, go down to Tim Hayes, and there I am. And by the way, you can also get to my webpage that way. Or you can just Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio and I show up and... Uh, you know, if you'd like to get any of the information on my webpage, there's some good stuff. There's uh, Bob Dickey's, uh, who's our head technical strategist. He puts a new chart on there almost every day. Uh, we have a couple newsletters that are great. There's some real good information about cyber hacks, uh, hacking and, and cyber threats. So uh, believe me, uh, like, like I said, uh, you know, we, we did this um, at home and we, we had just so many uh, – you know, we had somebody look at the dark web for us, and there was so many hits on our machines. It was unbelievable. So, and they're out there. They're out there, and they're searching for your machine if, if it's if it's uh, you're not taking the uh, precautions. So take a look at that. Okay, so now this is part of the show where we talk about the bullish percent. And uh, the bullish percent was designed way back in the 30s, and it was designed by some chartists. And what they wanted to do was to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top, or let's say more cautious at the top. And, and much more bullish or greedy at the bottom, okay? So this is a chart that just goes from 0 to 100. When you get over 70, that's when things get too hot. THTH, too hot to handle, we used to say in baseball. And uh, then when we get below 30, that's when uh, everybody hates the stock market. They don't want to talk about it. They don't, want, they don't open their 401k statement, you know, that type of thing. Uh, and that's when you want to get greedy. Buy low, sell high, right? So there's one other part to this, and that is X's and O's. And... Uh, in a column of X's, we have the offensive team on the field, and we can run plays. 
Now, if we're at 60, we run a different play than when we are at 30, okay? And, uh, I mean, you can chase stocks when you're at 30. You want to wait for the pullback at 60. Trust me on that. When we call them of O's, that's distribution. Uh, now, look, when you get into a column of O's, it doesn't mean you have to sell everything. It just means there's more risk. Now, what you should be listening to is dynamic asset level investing also because if uh, right now domestic securities are the number one asset class in the world. So everybody's I, – I think it's crazy. I've, I, I've listened to several shows lately, and they're all talking about asset allocation. I'm thinking – you know, you probably you got killed this year in asset allocation. Bonds, you're probably down six, seven percent. Foreign stocks, you're probably down fifteen, twenty. Uh, you know, asset allocation has has not been as uh, fruitful as it has been in the past. I'll just say that uh, there are times, but domestic equities are number one asset class. So if you uh, diverted money away from them, you've probably got beat up a little bit. Uh, and as long as they are, we're in good shape. But if we go into a column of O's and domestic equities become the lowest form of life on planet or the lowest asset class, then you better be worried. That's what happened in 2007, 2008. And we talked about it on this show, by the way. Uh, we talked about it twice on the show because it happened in, in the 2000s too. So, all right. So the bullish percent right now is at 55.3. It was up 2.9%. Remember last week we talked about that the, American Association of Individual Investors bullish bearish scenario was negative 12, and we said that was a buy signal. Well, you'd be up about 2.5% if you if you bought the market at that point. Uh, the over-the-counter index was up 2.2. It's at 50. That's probably a really great place to be buying. And, and the world index is still in the column of O's. It's at 34. Uh, it was up 1.6% that last week, but it's getting close to the promised land. That's why I said, you know, don't throw these things out the window right now, okay? It would be a bad sign. So there was no... Real changes to the bullish percent indicators this week. Uh, the uh, positive trend indicators remain the same, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, nothing to worry about so far. Now, look, uh, currently the U.S. equity is the number one asset ranked uh, class in dynamic asset level investing. By the way, uh, our friends from Dorsey Wright do provide us with this out of Virginia. Great guys down there. Uh, now, in April 2019, international equity had moved up to the number one ranking and and then died, okay? Commodity was the number one ranked asset class from 2008 to, to of January of 2008 to August of 2008, and then they died, and it, it died hard. So sometimes when you're at that number one ranking for a while, there's usually a correction coming, and I would suggest that uh, the, the money that they keep stuffing into index funds – they're going to pay for that eventually. Uh, I've been stopped out of a couple of big positions. You know, on, on this show, when we were allowed to recommend stocks, uh, and that was when Ferris Baker Watts uh, was around and uh, RBC hadn't bought us yet. You know, we recommended Amazon on, on the show at, at like 34, 37. And we talked about a bunch of uh, uh, stocks uh, before that. And uh, Amazon is now 1,080. Okay. Uh, I mean, 1,180. Uh, so, uh, some of these things have gone, you know, very per, uh, parabolic. So I think you want to be a little bit careful on those. All I'd say now is, uh, you know, you know, most of the indexes uh, were positive for six, seven weeks. They've been negative for about three or four weeks on a weekly momentum, but they still look great long term. Um, I, I don't see anything that makes me, you know, worry or anything like that. I know a lot of people are getting every time there's a sell off, they're getting scared. That is a good thing, people. <laughs> so use your head. Don't, you know. Look, I was talking to a young lady this week, and a very nice young lady uh, was referred to me, and uh, 
she's she's never bought equities before and uh, so you know we're being a calm and she said i'm scared and i said you know let me tell you about being scared uh back in 19 in the early 1960s there was 19 nuclear warheads 90 miles from miami beach that's scary the dow jones industrials at that point were below 100 they're now near 24,000 you know what the return on investment has been? Compound that, folks. So don't let the people scare you out of the market saying it's the end of the world. That's their opinion. Opinions are like, uh, never mind, but they, they're, everyone has one, okay? So don't let them scare you out. It, it, things are still looking good as far as I'm concerned. The small cap index uh, hit a new high, broke a, another double top. So it's a second double top break. Uh and, uh, you know, the IJR and the SML, uh, both are small cap indexes. This, it, you know, the IJR broke a, a quadruple top, which usually means that you've got, uh, you know, the more tops you break, the more likelihood that your, your bullish price objective is going to be met. And it's pretty high from here. The, the sectors, we still have 14 sectors that are positive. Restaurants, uh, we're going to talk about just the favored sectors now because that's where you want your money to be in. Uh, restaurants are at 70, so you definitely want to wait for those. Banking's at 65. I think, you know, banking's just uh, relieve, uh, relieving an overbought situation, so just wait for them. Uh, 60, in the 60s are retail, healthcare, waste management, and leisure. Uh, at 50, five is business products, internet, and oil. So that's a pretty good place to buy things. At, at 48 is oil service, computers, semiconductors, and software. Oil service stocks still don't look that great, to be honest with you, but that's a good place to buy things. So semiconductor software, computers, oil service. Uh, And then at 45 is machinery, and biotechs are at 40. Uh, There's a lot of biotechs. Uh, The biotech index, the IBB, just broke out at uh, above 115 for the first time dating back to Hillary Clinton's comment back in September of 2015. Uh, Yeah, 2015. So... Uh, things are getting interesting there. Uh, uh, you know, I think 125 is the uh, the ultimate high. So, but this breakout, you know, you want you want the leaders. The IBB is the big biotech, so you want the leaders to lead. You want the kings and the knights to lead you into battle. You don't want the foot soldiers because the foot soldiers are going to are going to do what the the kings do. Okay, and if the, if the kings are sitting back, the foot soldiers are going to lead. Uh, the foot soldiers are going to sit back and drink coffee in the in the barracks. Well. The leaders are leading that there. By the way, the same thing happened a month ago with the med tech industry, which we talked about. So the med tech group has been doing pretty well. Uh, and, you you know, so this might be good for, and believe me, uh, you know, Amgen is no longer a biotech stock. To, to really, it's kind of a drug stock with a great growing dividend. So the drug stocks are in bull alert status. They have not broken out yet. So we'll see. But going into favorite status uh, was computers. And housing went to average stat- status. The autos are still unfavored. Uh, they just can't get out of their own way. Uh, there has not been much positive news in the international space lately. Uh, between a strengthening dollar and the geopolitical uncertainty and then, you know, the trade wars, uh, it does look like Mr. Trump is winning the trade wars because China's now down 24%. Uh, Latin America's down, uh, boy, I think it was 18, 18% in a week. Uh, Saudi Arabia. As looks like it's interesting. Uh, 
and, and once again, you know, this is where asset allocation, you know, you want to stay with the top two things in dynamic asset level investing. Remember, the week before all these things sold off, what we said was international equities failed the bogey test against cash, okay? Now, we've also seen some notable downward movement in treasury yields over the past uh, month and a half. Uh, you know, the, the 30-year index, which was at 322, uh, is now 2.92, and it sits in a column of O's, and it's broken the uptrend line on the yield now, okay? So uh, that, you know, like I said, you buy yield when it's up because yield will eventually uh, get hammered uh, by the fact that they're raising interest rates. So, Look, the the best uh, groups that I can see in fixed income are the long bond, the 30-year bond, inflation protected, and and fixed income long duration type ETFs, so uh, if that's helpful at all. Most of the commodities have been negative with the exception of crude oil. It's been up for three straight weeks. Uh, gold's been down for 12, and copper has uh, got really hammered hard in the last three weeks. Uh, the U.S. dollar failed to penetrate its bearish resistance line last week. It got up to 95.5 and then stalled. I think that area is going to be a problem for a while. And then copper uh, broke a uh, a triple bottom at 292, uh, and that was the bullish support line. So I don't think copper is going anywhere for a while either. Uh, as far as relative strength, remember, we, we talk about relative strength and technical analysis. And what we're trying to do is give you fundamental analysis with technical analysis. And believe me, you'll make a lot more money that way. Uh, but when they go to a buy signal, you should pay attention because these last for a long time. I mean, data here has had a relative strength buy signal for like 25 years now. <laughs> it's been one of the best stocks on the exchange too, by the way. So Agilis, which is industrial goods. Depomed, it's in the pharmaceuticals. Ensco, which is in oil and drilling. Uh, Hornback off, Offshore, another oil driller. Uh, remember, it's E&P, not, uh, not the actual uh, people supplying the stuff. Opco Health, Tricoro Resources, Seattle Genetics, both in biotechnology, Opco too. Uh, Spectrum Pharmaceuticals, Unit, another oil company. Vachet Industrial Goods, they're actually a software company. And Endurance International Group. On the sell side, we had Eneris, which is an electric utility. Uh, International, by the way. Uh, Gungsheng Railroad. Uh, Internetworkings and 58.com. They're all foreign stocks. Okay, we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to talk about insiders when we get back. So stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yeah, I look for the light through the pouring rain. Let's simplify window shopping. How does this sound? Eight quality windows for your home from $58 a month from a name that you can trust for 58 years. This is Len for Empire Window Company. 855-76-EMPIRE. You know, you deserve a great product at a fair price from a local company with an excellent reputation. That's Empire Window Company. Enhance the beauty and value of your home with a variety of custom and designer windows, siding, and doors. 855-76-EMPIRE. Thinking about vinyl siding? Try 30 35% off and free gutters with your siding project. And here's an idea. What about a fun and easy way to see what replacement windows and new siding would look like on your home before you buy? Just check out Empire's online windows and siding design center. You can change the style and color with just a click of a finger. EmpireWindowCompany.com. A local company in business for 58 years? That's a lot of satisfied customers. Empire Window Company. 855-76-EMPIRE. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want. 
and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and um, we talk about insiders quite a bit on this show, and this is part of the process that we're, we're moving down to. You know, we talk about the risk in the markets. We talk about relative strength. We talk about insiders, okay? And then we, we give you some general stuff to finish up the show. We're actually giving you ideas via the list that you can call in for, and we kind of emphasize those lists when we think there's a good idea or a good time to buy them. Anyway, Insiders, we like to buy when insiders buy simply because they know what's going on better than we do, okay? You know, you can look through a balance sheet all you want, but if insider knows that there's a new product coming out or there's a chance that they may get acquired, the guy reading the balance sheet doesn't know that. The guy buying from the chart doesn't know that, okay? The analyst doesn't know that. So this is why we pay attention. So this is one that's kind of interesting. The Royce Value Trust uh it's a closed-in fund on the New York Stock Exchange. And Charles Royce, I wonder where he came from. Do you think he had anything to do with this thing? He bought 157,000 shares, and, and he, he owns a ton of it, all right? Uh, I'm sorry, he bought $157,000 worth, and he owns a ton of it. Uh, and the stock has come off from uh, 1720 uh, down to uh, 1690 So uh, there's an interesting one because that's kind of a mutual fund. Uh, it's By the way, I think it's trading at a discount to its net asset value, so... Uh, Windsor, which is a 10% owner of international flavors and fragrances and, and buys this when it's down. Usually, uh, IFF is, was 155 back in, uh, the, at the end of the year, it's now 127. They just bought $10 million, $10.6 million worth. And then lending tree, which was way up to 400 bucks is now 22, uh, GCI Liberty, uh, which is uh, part of Liberty global group. Uh, but $47 million worth of stock. That ain't chump change, folks. So uh, they, they took the liberty, <laughs> sorry about that, I couldn't resist, uh, of uh, snatching it up while it's down 180 bucks. In Trexon, which uh, has great science and has not done very well, uh, I, I own some of this stock. I, I really like the science here, but uh, Randall Kirk, about $100 million worth of stock. And Randall Kirk was one of the, the smartest biotech. He's been on some hard times lately. Uh, maybe he's coming out of it. Who knows? But he bought $100 million worth of stock. And a group called Capital Joe, which I believe is a hedge fund out of Washington. I think Mr. Kirk has some money with him. But they bought 1.4 million shares. So I know uh, at 15, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have to calculate that later. Uh, but there you go. Now, here's one that's interesting because... Uh, this stock got absolutely killed. Acadia uh, Pharmaceutical is a company that uh, uh, had some bad news about, I don't know, five, six months ago. And the Baker Brothers stepped up and bought uh, a lot of stock. They bought 1.4 million shares. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they that puts them at 27 million for the, for the total. So, Remember, uh, the reason I bring this up is that the Baker brothers uh, owned a substantial port of Seattle Genetics. And 
Seattle Genetics was getting beat up like beat up like every other biotech stock, and was seventy five at one time, and at fifty it broke a quadruple bottom, and uh, I was worried, very very worried. And the Baker Brothers came out and bought one point seven or one point eight million shares. The stock's now seventy. That's uh, and they've given you no chance to get in at this point, which really kind of bums you out. So Acadia has dropped from thirty five all the way down to seventeen. So that's one to pay very close attention to. And then another healthcare stock. Maybe uh, uh, Miss Carsavina is uh, right here, uh, our head strategist. Uh, Valiant Pharmaceuticals. Uh, this is a stock that was 210 a couple years ago. Uh, this is the second buyer, and uh, this guy is a director. He, he bought uh, $3.8 million worth. Uh, remember, there was several buyers just a couple months ago, and there was a buyer last week at 385000 So, uh you know, you like to see when stocks are down hard that the the management has not stepped away. You know what I mean? They they have not stepped away, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, so let's let's tell you what I'm thinking, and uh, here's some things I'm I'm seeing. The, you know, look, the U.S. market indexes are moving up uh, to the higher end of the ranges, and we we did go above the normal range of the uh, on the uh, Dow Jones and the S and P 500. And so we're, we were extended for a while, and, and, and February came, and we said that in January, by the way, and February came, we got killed. And I think we're going to bounce a while. Uh, you know, if we were to break 2,400, you know, 2,380, I think we'd go down to the lower end, and then we'd have to hold 2,340 uh, on the uh, 23,400, uh, I should say, on the, on the Dow. Uh, but the S&P... Uh, you know, got right up to a resistance and then backed off. So it'll be interesting to see if it gets through the, uh, the 2,800 level, that would be major, uh, resistance. If it did, then I'd have to retract that statement I just made about this going sideways for a while. Uh, but look, short term, we're kind of neutral. Um, the market has been moving in kind of a tightening range over the past several months. And I don't see any clear in- indication of a breakout coming one way or the, or the other way right at the moment. So, uh, we'll just, you know, hold our tongue until we're absolutely sure. But uh, the intermediate term, uh, I'd say we're still neutral. I think the stock market personally, you know, we're in a strong bullish uptrend, uh, you know, from two, from the bottom in 2019. And I think we're going to be in a, in a bull market for some time to come. I mean, you know, 10 years, uh, but um, right at the moment we're in a consolidation period. So the intermediate term, like a year, year and a half, I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm talking weeks to months here, you know, short term is days to weeks. The long term, I'm extremely bullish. I, I am been this bullish uh, in a in a long, long time. Uh, look, there's all sorts of things to worry about in the world today. Uh, you know, everybody hates Mr. Trump. Yet, you know, the stock market's up 34 percent since he took, uh, almost 40 percent since he took office. He's killed a lot of stupid regulations that were put in place in the last eight years. Uh, now, he, he's not the most politically savvy guy. He says what he feels, and I, I don't know if that's always the right thing to do in, in politics. So uh, a lot of people are giving him a hard time. But uh, look, the everything's in place for a massive bull market. I mean, look, there was like $5 trillion that left the stock market and went into the bond market in the last eight, nine years. So the market's up 112%, and people are stuffing money into bonds. It doesn't get more bullish than that, folks. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, look, the 30-year Treasury was at 3.2%. So 
if you buy that in a taxable account, a third of that goes to Uncle Sam. All right. And if inflation picks up at all, you get, you know, you might have a negative return. Okay. Commodities are down 70% since then. International stocks have got killed. There's $2.7 trillion in money markets yielding less than a half a percent in most cases. All right. Seven, eight trillion dollars is coming over from overseas, you know, in, in a tax deal. Corporate balance sheets have one point nine billion or trillion dollars. Uh, uh, and I said billion, I meant trillion uh, on, on their balance sheets. And all they're doing is raising dividends and buying back stock. If people start to spend money on improving their businesses, things could get out of control on the upside. I'm really serious about that. So, But we have all the makings. The debt on the average consumer's balance sheet has not risen in, in 10 years. They're actually got the lowest interest rates on their houses that they've seen in 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, so everything's set. All we need is for business to start spending on their business. What they're doing is they're buying back stock and they're not taking the chances that they're, we're, they're, we're paying these people to take. So uh, once again, I would suggest the tech stocks are right at kind of an important uh, area where they got to hold. Uh, you know, it's been mostly the the uh, semiconductor stocks that have um, been getting beat up in the semiconductor equipment stocks. They, these guys, uh, I don't know why they're thinking this way, but, you know, tariffs matter to them. But also tariffs are important. Uh, uh, you, you know, you, you just can't get semiconductor semiconductor production up and going that fast. So I don't know why they're really worried about that, but the Dow industrials, I think we go sideways for a while. Uh, I, I, like I said, I I think the bank index is in this consolidation phase and uh, it'll probably, you know, continue for a while until the bullish percent on banks, which is at 70 goes down to 50 and then it'll probably turn. Uh, I don't know where it is, you know, as of today, uh, but as of Thursday, uh, it was at, at 68 or something like that. So, um, the consumer staples bounced. They went right to resistance and uh, pulled back a little bit. But I do like some of the charts still. Uh, for the, these are for long-term investors, you know, people who are are buying for dividends, you know, that type of thing. And once again, small cap growth, large cap growth, and mid cap growth are the three categories that look the best at this point. All right. So what will we do? Uh, I think if if uh, our head strategy is, is correct, and she's been pretty good so far. All right. Uh, She's talking about REITs, which probably means utilities are in pretty good shape too. Uh, not great shape, but pretty good shape. So the prime income list would be a great place for those people who are out there, retired, looking to get a better yield than they can in the CD market or the bond market. Uh, remember, dividends are taxed at 15%. CDs and taxable uh, other stuff, even annuities, are taxed at regular income. Okay? So- a portion of your money going into these things makes makes sense. The dividend growth stocks, I've seen eight or nine stocks on this list raise their dividends between 6 and 10% this year. All right? Buy yield when it's up. Okay? These stocks have been beat up because they were kind of bond surrogates, so they beat them up a little bit. It's a great time to add to them, to buy, you know, initial purchase and just put them in dividend reinvestment. And if they go up a little bit, you buy some more. If they go down a little bit, you buy some more and continue great way to get wealthy. But don't forget our top ideas in, in oil, 
Uh, some of these have done very, very well. Uh, our top ideas just in general, our top small cap ideas. I think this small cap uh, thing is going to be running for a while, especially if they continue these trade tariffs uh, uh, scenario, the trade wars, because these guys do most of their business domestically. And that's a, that's a good thing to do. Uh, also, our Imagine 2025 portfolio. Uh, once again, this is stocks we think are going to do well from now to 2025. That's seven years. Uh, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a really interesting portfolio. It's worth reading. We have a, a, a piece on robotics. I highly recommend that. And then we have all the fact sheets that you'd want on Medicare. And believe me, if you don't know what's going on with Medicare, you better learn about it before you do it or it's going to cost you money big time. So those are some things. You go to Tim Hayes, you Google Tim Hayes Radio, or you go to WHK 1420 AM and hit the local podcast. Go to mine. You can get to my webpage there. You can sign up for any of these things. In the meantime, stay cool. Have a great weekend. This is Smart Investor Show. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com.